Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Molly Sims. And I'm Emma Shagormley. We are two best friends with one common obsession. Beauty. And by that, we mean everything that makes you look and feel beautiful. We tried it all and we've got your back. We'll be calling on all our favorite health experts, industry insiders, and friends to answer all your beauty questions. Consider us your beauty 411 and sometimes your 911. From how to fix brassy hair to the pros and cons of laser facials and always with a cocktail in hand. Always. So be prepared to be obsessed. Check out Lipstick on the Rim wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rule book and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real talk advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman. From hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more, whether you are pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Are you ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Work Party, the podcast. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to our episodes week after week. We love learning alongside you and really appreciate your support. Today's guest is none other than Danielle Dubois. Danielle is the co-founder and co-CEO of Sakara Life, the wellness brand on a mission to transform lives through the power of plants and food as medicine. She is also the author of Sakara's best-selling debut cookbook, Eat Clean, Play Dirty, and co-host of the Sakara Life podcast. An ever-growing expert in the wellness space, Danielle is a certified holistic health coach and nutritionist who is currently pursuing her master's degree in human nutrition and functional medicine. She hails from the spiritual mecca of Sedona, Arizona, but ventured to New York City in her early years to pursue pre-med as a college student. Supporting herself through school as an actress and model, she suffered from a dysfunctional cycle of body image issues and uncomfortable weight fluctuations from yo-yo dieting leaving her consistently and constantly dissatisfied with her own body. Dubois' pre-med curriculum and work at a hospital treating lifestyle diseases led her to realize medicine alone cannot heal her issues with food. So she enrolled in the renowned Institute of Integrative Nutrition, where she learned to leverage the power of food as medicine. Dubois and her co-founder Tingle combined modern Western medicine with ancient Eastern healing techniques to change their own bodies and minds 
thus creating Sakara Life's proprietary pillars of nutrition. As for her work as a trailblazer in the wellness space and vocal advocate for plants as medicine, Dubois has been honored as a Forbes 30 Under 30, Oprah's Super Soul 100, Goldman Sachs Most Interesting Entrepreneurs, and Mind Body Green's 100 Women in Wellness. Wow. Her and Whitney also just released their new Sakara systems earlier this month. So definitely want you guys to hang around so you can learn a little bit more about that. And I'm so excited to get the chance to connect with Danielle today to learn more about how the brand came to be, how she's loving motherhood and entrepreneurship, and her best advice for turning your biggest mess into your mission. So welcome to the show, Danielle. Thanks so much, Jacqueline. I appreciate that. And I need to edit my bio a little. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I mean, that was a mouthful. (laughs) You've been doing a lot. You're very busy. So before we get to Sakara, let's talk a little bit about your background in growing up. So can you share a little bit about growing up in Sedona and what sort of inspired you, you think, to go down this path of entrepreneurship? Yeah, so I grew up in Sedona, which if any of you listening have not been to, I highly recommend it. It's a very special place in kind of northern central Arizona amidst some pretty majestical red rocks. It attracts a very interesting group of humans, diverse in thought and belief systems and, you know, everyone from like people in the Osho community to people who astral travel and out-of-body experiences and, you know, the new age community, there were vegans, there were raw foodists. It was a very special place to grow up. And I definitely understood the importance of that kind of the intersection of mind, body, and food from a young age. It doesn't mean I understood exactly what to do or had the tools, but I understood the importance. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if I knew from a young age I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I wouldn't even say like that's, that's what I, my dream is now or that, you know, why I'm doing this. I started a business because I had a need and this way of living transformed my life. And I wanted to offer it to one more person. And then that one more person turned into millions. I love that so much. It's a great way to think about it for people who maybe are scared to take the leap. And oftentimes those are the best businesses when something's working for you, you're solving a problem and you're able to see those results, which is, which is incredible. So for those who aren't familiar with Sakara, can you give a quick overview of what the business is? Yeah, we're about 10 years old now. And I'd say the core of what we do is we provide nutritional services in the form of ready to eat, nutritionally designed meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, very plant forward, all organic, and nothing's frozen. Everything is fresh. Now, you know, 10 years in, we have many other things that are part of people's toolkit to really create a body they feel good in. And so that's everything from supplements to, you know, our kind of infamous metabolism powder to teas, et cetera, all in the hopes of, you know, making it as easy and joyful as possible to create a body that you feel incredible in. Yeah. Amazing. And 10 years is, is a long time. So you guys have been around, you're one of the early, you know, sort of businesses in that food space, you know, where, you know, people were, were just sort of, you know, dabbling in that marketplace. So so Cara now is, you know, a household name. It's been around for a long time. But when you were first coming up with it, how did you land on the name Sakara? How did you know how to talk about the brand? Tell us a little bit about creating that first step in business. I, I'm pretty sure everyone has had versions of these moments, but it almost felt like some level of a download where, and Whitney and I talk about this, Whitney's my co-founder, where we 
feel like Sakara and this way of eating just kind of had to happen. And we were the lucky ones that kind of got to shepherd it through. So early on, you know, when, when Whitney, Whitney and I had transformed our own lives in various ways and for various reasons using this food and this system, we thought, okay, if we could bring it to more people, how would we do that? What would we talk about? And, you know, we had people, we lived in New York City at the time. So lots of successful people around us. And a lot of the advice was, you know, do like New York City meal delivery.com or, you know, some of the people that weren't as supportive would say like, people don't want healthy food delivered. People are used to getting pizza delivered. And our vision was just, it felt we had this inner knowing and the inner knowing was there is a way of living that people are curious about. There are a lot of people who feel okay and want to feel better. And we can't make this about the food. It has to be this inspirational way of living that inspires me to wake up and make decisions, good decisions for myself. And it's at this intersection of that kind of mind, body, food, you know, kind of intersection that I was talking about earlier that I learned about in Sedona. And so we just started looking at words. We ended up looking at a list of Sanskrit words and Sakara is a Sanskrit word. And it means with form. So it's like, bringing everything, your hopes, your dreams, kind of those things that you think about, every, all the things out in the ether, bringing, giving it form. So how do we give our hopes and dreams form? What does that look like? And for us, it was really sitting in the driver's seat of our health kind of gave us the ability to dream again. Because I always say people who are healthy have a million dreams and people who are not have one. And so when you really sit in the driver's seat of your health, it allows you to kind of bring forward all those hopes and dreams into form. I love that. Yeah, that's so true. Especially when it comes to healthy eating, it feels overwhelming. And I think people don't know where to start usually to, to make that big change in their life. So I think that's a great way to kind of encompass it. So I want to talk about your co-founder and co-CEO, Whitney. So you guys were friends, it sounds like, before becoming business partners. So talk to us about the experience of working with a close friend. How did you guys sort of determine each other's roles and set boundaries as you guys have been building this now for 10 years together? Yeah, so Whitney and I grew up in Sedona together. So we've known each other since we were very small children. And from that comes this deep trust that I think is more difficult, not impossible, but difficult to cultivate if you haven't known each other your whole life. So that made it very seamless and easy where we didn't have to have a lot of the conversations that I think most co-founders should, which is you know, what's our operating agreement? What are our roles? It was more like we held hands and we were like, let's do this. And we figured out the role that we each wanted to play as we went along. And when you first start a business, you can, you can decide like, oh, your tendencies are toward finance and yours are toward marketing. But for Whitney and I, it was really like we wanted, we each wanted to learn it all. So we would more do kind of sprints where like I do a sprint more focused on finance and she do a sprint more focused on, you know, client services and marketing and then vice versa. And it sounds really like professional and cool, but what that looks like when, you know, from day zero to maybe like year three is just mayhem and, you know, trying to keep or maybe rather like make sense of all of it. It's like when you're in hyper growth mode, you're just juggling a million things. And so that learning curve is really steep. And I'm really grateful that each of us kind of got to, to take part on, on learning each side of the business very intimately. Yeah. I love 
love that idea of doing these little sprints. I think, you know, most of the co-founder stories that we hear are like, I do this and she does that. And like, it's very black and white, but I think also knowing all the different parts of the business is such a smart business move, you know, going forward so that you're not so siloed. So I, I love that. And it is true. It's a hot mess. The first three years, like everyone's doing everything. So I think yeah. that's really wonderful and a great way to kind of look at it. So talking about you specifically as a leader, what would you say are your biggest strengths as a business owner and leader? And maybe what are some of these lessons that you've gleaned over the past 10 years or learnings? I'd say mine and Whitney's strength is that we believe wholeheartedly in this mission. And I talk about mission versus passion a lot. And I think the difference is your mission is you don't almost get to decide your mission. It's like decided for you. And your passion is kind of like what you enjoy, but your mission wakes you up out of bed and it's like, you must do this work. And so we are aligned in this mission and it inspires us to do this work every single day. And the mission is to get people the tools to sit in the driver's seat of their health um, and to create that, you know, we call it Sakara life and, and, you know, dream life that we all think about and talk about but might not understand how to create it and what to prioritize and what to do. So I think that is what we bring to the table. Ultimately, it's what brings other people to, you know, I'm looking at our office right now. It's like what brings other people to their desk and wakes them up in the morning. And we have to hold that torch because it's easy to forget, you know, everyone's in the weeds and people are steeped in financial models. And, you know, we have 300 people making food in a production facility. Like it's, it's day to day. It's a lot. And so who's ultimately holding that torch and that vision and that hope and inspiration? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's the, the wider view, the view from the top sort of that you have to maintain while also being in the weeds and handling all the logistics as well. So to celebrate your 10 year anniversary, you launched your cutting edge nutrition program called Sakara Systems. Tell us a little bit about that and how it's an extension of the existing brand. Yeah. So the core is really this kind of nutrition program that you can sign on to any week of the year. And every, we rotate menus every week. So Every week, R&D team is working on different menu items to make sure it's delicious and matches our, our nutritional requirements and is delivered well. And that's kind of been what we've done for the last 10 years. And within that, you can imagine there are people that are doing it every single week. And for those people, some of the things they really crave are things like, okay, if I'm doing this every week, I want some flexibility. Like I want to be able to say, I don't want this meal this week. I'd rather have this meal. And we've kind of really held to our, our, our vision and mission here, which is to say, if you want us to give you an outcome, if you're looking to feel better, and if that's what our promise is, then you have to eat what's on the menu because there's a reason it's on the menu. And so we've always dreamed of this kind of double path, which is not everyone comes to us because they are like, I need this huge transformation. Some people just want healthy food waiting in their fridge. But a lot of people, I'd say most, come because they're, they want to feel better. They want more energy. They feel like something they is, is like not right and they want to like feel better. Some people say like, you know, my metabolism isn't working the way it used to and I want to feel that rev again. And we created these systems for those specific outcomes that people are looking for. So 
it's a personalized approach to what our core is of that that menu and it's supplemented with everything from you know recipes and it comes with what we call a guidebook but it's basically a textbook about you know why we're doing this what it means to rev your metabolism what is your metabolism why do we have you eating this this time and you know having giving you the bar at this time the metabolism bar at this time so the systems really are this personalized approach so that the kind of core that we've been doing for the last 10 years, we can offer more flexibility. So if you want the transformation, you hop onto a system. If you're looking for more maintenance and you just want healthy food, you do kind of our signature program. I love that. Yeah. So really building out and leaning into what your audience really wanted and what they come to you guys for. So one thing that I I love is that you're currently pursuing your master's of science in human nutrition and functional medicine. Tell us about, you know, obviously you're an extremely successful CEO running this company. Talk to us about upskilling, you know, and really diving yeah. back into the education process. Can you share a little bit about why you chose to do this and a little bit about like what your day-to-day looks like running both the company and pursuing this, this degree? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not easy. So people ask me often like how I balance it all. So I just want to say flat out, like it's really hard. There's no like secret equation. And I have to constantly remind myself what my priorities are because especially as a founder, you get pulled in a million directions and it's easy. You care so much that it's easy to prioritize everything and therefore you prioritize nothing. So I decided to pursue my master's because I felt like in the 10 years that we've built this business, there went from very few voices talking about how do you build a body you feel great in to a lot of voices. And though I think there are pros and cons to that, I wanted to make sure our voice was known as one that is, you know, steeped and backed by research and scientific literature and also now experience from 10 years of doing this. And I felt like, you know, representing that for the brand is important. And then also just making sure it's an excuse to make sure I'm very up on the literature. You know, it's, it's part of the master's program and making sure Sakara reflects the latest and greatest from, you know, what the literature says. So, you know, that's the why I think the day-to-day, what it looks like is I've decided that it's part of my job to make sure I'm an expert in nutrition. So I have made sure I block out time during my work week to, you know, read, do the, do the studies, listen to the lectures. And then I save kind of like the writing and the test taking the paper, the research for evenings after the kids get to bed. It's a balance <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And to segue off that, let's talk a little bit about motherhood. So you are the mom of two on top of all of these other things that you're doing. And you know, I think a lot of the women tuning in are also mothers and entrepreneurs and trying to figure out, you know, how to do all these things. So what has been the biggest lesson you've learned so far? And what advice can you share with other working moms listening in on this episode about, you know, how to, again, maybe not find balance because that feels crazy, but how to, as you say, take your mess and turn it into your mission. One of my themes right now is getting really clear on what's important to me and making sure that my energy is directed towards those things. Because as I said earlier, when you're pulled in all those directions, it's, it's hard to do that unless it's a conscious effort where I think when you're maybe not a mom or, you know, maybe have a little less on your plate, it's okay to, to do a million things at once, but you learn very quickly. And I always say this, like you want, (laughs) if you want to get things done well and prioritize well, like hire a parent, because you're forced to prioritize your time very quickly because you want to spend as much time as you can with your kids. So 
you think about your time all the time. At least I do in a very new way than I than I might have before. I'm a working mom. I and my husband stays home with the kids. And and I'd say the first it was easier because there's one. Now that there's two, there have been moments where I'm like, is this what I want? Like, do I do I want to be spending, you know, most of my days here at the office building this company instead of with my children? Am I okay with that? And I think it's really important to ask yourself and to give yourself the latitude to be honest. Like, so my honest answer is I'm really proud to build this company. I feel like I'm impacting millions of lives and it, it drives me, it excites me, it inspires me. And I think that's, that's what I want for my kids. And so even though I miss them and I wish I could be with them all the time, I think that they, I would want them to do the same for themselves. And so I find solace in if I'm spending my time doing the things that make me feel really good so I can be show up as a whole human for them. That is my, that is my number one job as a parent. I, I love that. I think that's so great. I mean, I do think, you know, there is so many facets of being a person and being a mother is one of them. Being a CEO is one of them. Being a friend is one of them. All these things sort of play into creating that whole identity that makes you happy and, and feel like the best version of yourself. So 10 years in, what phase of entrepreneurship do you think you're in right now? Like if you could name this season of your career journey, what would you call it? I feel like I'm like a junior in high school, <laughs> you know, or, you know, the lay of the land, you kind of like know how it works. You probably innocently think you know how it works or maybe like naively. So you have a sense of confidence that you did not as a freshman or, you know, seventh grade or eighth grade or whatever it is, but you still have so much to do and so much to learn. And I like this place, right? It's like, I love the feeling of like, there's still so much to learn and so many people to learn from. And you also feel like you're on the precipice, like, okay, I'm going to graduate next year and then off to college. And I don't know what that means yet, but you, you definitely still... I'm not so early that I don't know where I'm headed, but I'm not so late that, you know, I'm wondering what's next. I love that. What a great analogy. So Mm -hmm. obviously there's always these like trendy ingredients that we're hearing about, like, you know, bubbling up in the, in the zeitgeist. What are some of your favorite ingredients for skin health and gut health? Like what are some of the ingredients that you're really excited about right now? So even though I love the trends, I think ultimately you are what you do every day. And so I try and help people focus less on what they like should take out of their diets or like the singular ingredient they should add in and more kind of get into the ritual and the habit of doing great things most of the time. And, you know, our cookbook is called Eat Clean, Play Dirty because we don't believe in perfection. There's no wagon to fall off of. There's no ingredient list you can't eat. Rather, it's an approach that says, like, what do I eat every single day so that I feel good and not what should I not eat? The number one indicator to a healthy gut is getting enough plant species into your diet every single day and week. So the studies show that you want to get about 30 types of plants into your diet every single week. Most people get like less than 12 because we all reach for the same thing. At Saqqara, in a week, you get 170. And so what different plant species do for the gut is they create biodiversity and different bacterial species do different things for your body. So it's really important to have a diverse gut. And typically when people are dealing with dysbiosis, which is an imbalance, it means that one microbiota species is like way out of whack 
and is, you know, doing not so great things for your body because it means they're taking away room and space for other important diversity. So you really want to make sure you're getting enough plant species, enough fiber. That is what these really important bacterial species eat. And your gut is is directly linked to your skin. So I notice personally, especially like around my cycle, I might get a few more breakouts and I pay really close attention to making sure I'm getting those number of plants into my diet, getting enough fiber, you know, everything from digestion to metabolism is linked to the gut and therefore linked to hormones and therefore linked to skin. So I think we like to think like, what can I eat from, for, you know, gut or what can I eat for skin? And that I tell people like the good news is they're all the same thing. Wow. That's awesome. I mean, I definitely need to up my plant game. I definitely don't <laughs> think I'm getting 40 or whatever a week. I mean, um, you're not, you're not alone. And I typically, I, I meet so many people who are like, no, I eat healthy. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Like walk me through. And it's like, you get the same thing every day. And it's hard not to. I mean, look, people always ask me like, what do you cook? What do you make? And I'm like, you guys, I started a food company because it's really hard to do this on your own. Like that's totally. why I did it. So I don't have the secret sauce to make it easy. It is in fact hard. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, th- I think that's so accurate. Okay. So let's wrap with some sentence finishers. Are you ready? Yes. I have to like preface if I'm really bad at these, but I'll do my best. <laughs> no, no worries. No worries. Okay. What is something you wish people knew about plant-based eating? That plant-based is not vegan. Like we have a word for vegan. We don't need another word. Plant-based I, I, you are basing your diet on plants. That's it. Yes. There is some confusion there. Cause I there's do think people there's don't... too much confusion. <laughs> there's too much confusion. Yeah. I know it's interesting. Cause everyone's like, I I've been with people who are like at restaurants and they're like, well, I'm plant-based. So what do you recommend? And they like tell them what's vegan. Cause they don't, they don't know the difference. So no, totally. Yeah. And I'd say that there's a really important difference because you know, you want things that look like they're in their whole food form. And that's what plant-based is supposed to mean. It's like you base your diet off of whole food plants, where now you see like plant-based snacks and, and it's just like junk food. And right. it's confusing for people. Yeah. Yeah. Marketing, all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So one thing you're reading, listening to, or watching right now that you're loving. Oh, let's see. I'm really love the poet Mary Oliver. So I keep her several of her books on my phone and I pick it up randomly and we'll just read poems by her. She's that famous poet who talks about like your one precious life. Like what will you do with your one precious life? Um, One of her favorite poems of mine is called Swan. It's really beautiful. Poetry really inspires me. So I keep it around me a lot. I love that. My best piece of advice for aspiring entrepreneurs. Find your mission. The world doesn't need another business. The world needs people taking care of people and planet and things. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. Can you tell everyone where they can learn more about you and Sakara Life? Sure. So you can learn more about us at sakara.com or at Sakara Life on Instagram. And I'm at Danielle Dubois on Instagram. Amazing. Thanks, Danielle. Thanks so much, Jacqueline. For more inspiring conversations like this one, follow the Work Party Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party.